just do anything to have moments yeah. doing nothing. You know, I you know, I try to tell my six children, there's really not that much to get here. You want enough to spend time with the people you love. Hey guys, what's up? It's Allison. So this interview with Robin Givens is a complicated one. We began talking about her career and some of the famous people she's dated. And of course, the conversation went to Mike Tyson because that's something that just tends to follow her in the media. And it was quite complex and interesting and educational for me because she really let me know the depth of what she endured in terms of abuse. And I don't want to place blame on anyone. I've also interviewed Mike Tyson and interviewed him several years ago. So it was many, many moons after his marriage to Robin. And I liked him quite a bit. And I believe that people are entitled to evolve and grow and become better people. But I also believe that Robin Givens' truth about what happened during her marriage to Mike Tyson is also valid and needs to be honored and respected by both men and women. So I hope that you will listen to this interview with an open mind and an open heart and uh, really just take in what she's saying because it certainly opened my eyes to a lot of things. And since then, I've become involved in certain charities uh, related to domestic violence. And I think it's something that we really all need to become more aware of, especially in this post Me Too era. And I, I just really hope that you can not only enjoy some of the interesting and enticing things that she talks about, but also really hear her authentic voice in terms of her being brave enough to share her truth. Okay, so uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with Robin and I. It's interesting to me because I know that you've said many times that you took time off to just be a mom and you were really focused on your kids. And now all of a sudden you're back with three TV shows at once. And I want to know, how did you manage that? Because... When I spoke to other actresses, like I remember I spoke to Elizabeth Shue a long time ago and she said, you know, she had her three kids and she went away for a while to just be a mom and when she came back, the parade had kind of passed her by. How did you manage to just come back with three shows the way that you did? Yeah, that's interesting. I think, I don't know, I don't know Elizabeth and and I don't know the story so well or her history or her life, but... I know for me, and I get the sense that when you start doing it at such a young age, it, it's not only, for me anyway, it wasn't only taking a break to sort of raise my kids, it was just also, what I realized mostly was a break too, just for myself, but there is truth, you, you sort of feel like you're going to maintain your place in line, you know, yeah. like everything's going to stop and wait for you, <laughs> yes. like, okay, Laura, let's go now, I'm ready to do those films, like, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I even had that feeling, wait, like, wait, what? You know, and then you realize it's sort of a process, at least it was for me. You realize you just have to enjoy the process. You realize you have to sort of begin again. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if it's a realization that actually happens all at one time. Like for me, I just sort of fell in love with acting again. And when I started acting, it wasn't like, hey, I want to be here, I want to do this. I, I, you know, I did have some specific dreams, but I think you just realize, oh, I'm enjoying the process. So if I can go in the room and act and do my thing, then isn't this cool? And and then, you know, I guess, what is it, like, order started 
all kind of be good. Sure. Again. Yeah. Has Oprah, because uh, it seems to me that, and, and I bring this up because Ambitions is on the own network, but it seems to me that Oprah has right. always kind of championed your career. Even when the chips were down, she was kind of your champion for your career. Is that accurate? Wow. I'm not sure I necessarily use those words. I, you know, I feel like at one point we just, you know, we were just friends. I mean, we did do Women at Brewster Place together, which was a huge role for me to get. I, yeah. I remember that. And so I, I think she and I really developed a genuine friendship sort of just as women. I don't, I don't think it had anything to do with careers per se. Okay. Um, but I do think that there's something to it that's sort of interesting to kind of come kind of full circle and be here with her now. Well, was she heavily involved in you getting this lead role in this soap opera? I don't know. That's a good question. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know Jamie Giddens, who is the creator of our show, I learned later, was like, do you have Robin? Do Robin's deal. Do her deal. Do her deal. You know? And certainly she had to sign off on it all. But I don't know. That's a good question. I hadn't thought about it. Okay. Do the Vixen roles find you, or do you seek them out, or how did how do you always wind up playing that woman? <laughs> I don't know how else to you put know, it. You know what? Uh, no, you're and you're right. And there was a time actually when I was, you know, when I was having these roles sort of come to me. I remember saying to my agent at the time, like, I don't want to do that woman. I just did that woman. You know? Yeah. And I ended up turning something down. And I think it's something I'm, I'm good at. I have I'm nothing like these women that I play, which is really, <laughs> really yeah. unusual and interesting for me. I always say, like, I want to grow up and be them. Like, how do you, you know? But I think now where I am sort of emotionally is, oh, okay, you want me to do that? Well, I'm going to do it to death, you know? Yeah. And then wait for the opportunity where I can do something completely different because this is the interesting thing about you is that you know i always before i do an interview i'll ask people if they have any burning questions that they would love to ask the person and i always take it into consideration and so many so many men out there they think that that's who you are do you know that i think women think that too i don't think it's only men i think it's people i would say you know hair and makeup they're like oh my god you're nothing like that person. Yeah. You know, after spending seven months with somebody, I'm like, yeah, I'm not. I mean, I have a whole different rhythm and different. So I, I, would, I, I agree with you, and I would say it's not only men. It's just people. Okay. Because, yeah, I've seen you interviewed on television, and you have a completely different energy, and I don't understand why right. I seem to be the only one who sees that. It's, no, I don't think. No, I don't. I don't think you are the only. one. I mean, it kind of feels like you are. It kind of feels kid. like I am because, you know? yeah, everybody right. I ask, and it's like you're. You know, I was talking to people this morning. I was saying I was like, you know, she's got two boys. She's on three different television shows, and people always want to bring it back to when you were on the cover of like People magazine, and they always want right. to tie you to. Well, because it was just. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think I have a better understanding. You know, I think probably if you had talked to me 15 years ago or 10 years ago, I think, you know, as a grown-up, and I just understand it better. It was just so big. It was so big. And I think because I also didn't give, when I sort of, like, went away a little bit, mm-hmm. I also didn't give them anything else to talk about. So I think other people have gone through, like, let's say, big stuff, 
have you kind of got have you there. I mean I ran into Jay Z at a party uh, years and years ago when I was doing Chicago. It was like, Wow, you're our eighties, whatever. Like you're our it was just so big, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you resent that that will forever be part of your legacy? Have you made peace with it? How do you feel about it? I don't know if I call it a legacy. I think my children will be part of my legacy. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what I mean. I think, I think things that really matter will be part of my legacy. And yeah. I, I, I'd like to think that I've done some help, which, which I, you know, did a lot of time sort of working on. And it was a big part of my healing, sort of, you know, bringing a voice and giving a voice and empowering women that felt like they had no voice and had no power. Mm-hmm. I, and I didn't do it for a part of my legacy. I did it for a part of my healing. But if I was instrumental at all in, in bringing women to where we are now, where we do have a voice, yeah. I, I would rather think of it as that as part of my legacy. Okay. Well, yeah, you were ahead of your time. That's who I was married to. <laughs> yeah. 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 You've talked about being raised by a single mom, and you refer to yourself as a fatherless daughter, and now you're the mom of right. two young men. So what do you want your sons to know about the importance of being a central figure in their future children's lives? Well, everything. I mean, everything. And I, I said worked hard to make them understand the importance of their role in their children's life. And I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I always talk about... I, I think I just grew up in my own thinking. I can only think to myself, thinking, oh, you know, it's really important that a dad is there to throw a baseball to his son, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, it took me some time to realize because our family in many ways was just so intact, you know. I had, like, the perfect clothes in my hair, and you'd come down, and there'd be, like, a little note under your pancakes, and, you know. And I remember, you know, arguing in Mr. Field's history class at a time when women were not working mm-hmm. um, at the Hill Academy, that the fact that my mother did work, which was like a dirty term back then, you know, right? Um, that we were fine, that it was good, and it was it was all good. You know, I really wanted to give the world, which is sort of ironic, that two boys, good fathers for their sons and, and husbands, and I think I think they understand the importance of that. Okay. Role, though, right? I mean, certainly we've discussed it a lot. Sure, sure. Well, I'm a single mom and of a, of a son. When you described your mom right now and everything that she did, you go above and beyond to just create this, you know, really nurturing environment to, to kind of make sure that your children feel safe, even though it's not the ideal yes. situation. Yes. And it's hard to know what that is now, right? I mean, it's, it's not the seven where we think we know which ideal. And we kind of, you know, certainly we're living in this world now where I, it, it, in my mind it, it can feel so chaotic. So mm-hmm. yes, you try to create safety, but we, we also know now we really don't know what normal is or what will, will give us these fantastic, healthy, successful, peaceful children that we, all, what, that we desperately want as mothers, right? I mean, I got the nicest note from my dad's new wife saying, I now, who just, they just had a baby, the baby will be two in November, so now I understand what it took mm. for you, you know, basically by yourself to do everything you did, I applaud you, and you understand when you're a mother, you know, what, and especially a single mother, yeah. Well, have you gotten that applaud from your dad? Have you gotten that acknowledgement from your dad? From my father? Yeah. 
No. 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 Okay. But you said no, you did. No, my father and I don't have a relationship. Oh, I thought you said from his wife. I misunderstood. No, no, no. My, my ex is. Oh, my your ex. Son. Oh, okay. My son. Yeah. Her, his wife. Okay. So there was a pivotal moment in your life when I believe you were in Harvard Medical School and then you decided to pivot and pursue acting full time. Is, you know, in retrospect, was that the best decision? Was that the best path? Well, I, I was in Harvard grad school. I had decided what I wanted. I mean, I knew I was going to be a doctor, I thought, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, by the time I got to Harvard, I was really wanting to pursue acting. And, it, you know, it, it, it's a tough question because, you know, once again, if you'd asked me 10 years ago, I would have said I should have been a become a doctor, you know, okay. and as a mom, you know, and I just left visiting my son and I'm saying, get a law degree, get a law degree. Right, you know? sure. So, so you understand that, uh, feeling a little bit long, uh, more, but, you know, also it was the time that my mom was raised. I mean, she was raised in the South as a woman that couldn't go in the front door of a movie theater, right? She could, you know, buy clothes at Woolworths, but she couldn't try them on or whatever, and you couldn't sit at the counter and eat. I think I grew up with the sense of what she believes, which is education was the great equalizing factor in America. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it's, it's a different time. I think I certainly would have had a different life, but literally, I, I have a parent that just stopped leaving me medical school applications. Anytime she'd come visit, I knew that there was an application to some medical school lurking somewhere in the house. Like it's just like, you know, oh. find it. Okay, you know? so she she clung to that. Oh from, my God. And yeah, she just, okay. She just stopped. I think I was doing Sarna monologues with, with Jovis Williams, I think, mm-hmm. and Rosie Perez, and she said, you know what? You're good at this. But, you know, like okay. years later, you know. Funny. Okay. So, how do you know? I mean, you know, I mean, I'm talking to you as an interviewer, but like you said, now you're a mom. How do you know? How do you know if you had made an, another turn, what life would be like? You, you know? don't know. I mean, That's... Yeah. I have two kids. I was just visiting my younger son, and it's just, he just seems like the best, biggest, diamond, Oscar gift. Sure. Like, the best thing I could ever have in my entire life. So... It's like, I, and I sat with Oprah and I said, I, I talked with her for a bit on the show, and it's like, nobody wants to go through the fire. Nobody. And you have a great relationship with God. You know, for me, that's been a very important relationship. I say the only father I've ever known. Mm-hmm. But would I sit down with him and say, I don't want to have to go through this? Absolutely. But if it does get me to where I am, I think, as a person mm-hmm. and as a mom with these two kids, like, how do I say no to having that person sitting in front of me where I was eating pizza with, you know? You know yeah, I mean? no, like, you I don't. A, 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 perfect, yeah. a perfect life is a life that wasn't well lived. You're supposed to get in there and get dirty and learn lessons and grow and stretch and feel pain and that's that's part of it i was actually just going to say do you pray and if so who or what do you pray to well i grew up catholic and you know i I wrote a book some time ago just going to get one now with long yellow beetle pad you know that's how i write and i i think i grew up with a sense of the ritual of catholicism certainly i have about all of that now or some misgivings but 
it's something I still do, and I do think it's the difficult times that really taught me what that relationship was. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say my ex-husband taught me, gave me a relationship, a true relationship with God, you know? Okay. So, and when you say, wait, the, oh, you God. mean you mean Mike Tyson, you don't mean your second ex-husband? Yes. Okay. What do you think that you're here on this earth as Robin Givens to learn, and what do you think you're here to teach? I am, you know, the the first of two children, right? I think I think that kind of type A personality. And I always I think your birth order does kind of affect your personality. And I always say I'm a recovering perfectionist. Mm-hmm. So I think something I had to learn was, you know, there's no sort of humor in perfection. It's not very interesting, and you can never achieve it. You know, that that was something that life has sort of taught me and okay. and I think even the difficulty that I that I've gone through has really taught me a sense of compassion. <laughs> and and maybe just age as well. And children, all of it. But but I think most people know that I'm a compassionate, loving person. And then I just kind of have to learn to relax a little bit because I do you know, my brain does start working, things like that. Okay. But and then to teach I, I I, I would say the same thing, just a sense of compassion. And, and life is short. I mean, I think time truly is our greatest commodity. It's the one thing we never get back. You know, I lost a sister unexpectedly okay. almost five years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. And I would do anything to have moments, right? Like to have certain moments yeah. doing nothing. You know, I, you know, I try to tell my children, there's really not that much to get here. You, you want enough to spend time with the people you love. Yes. You, know, you want to dinner with people you love. You want to be like going to Paris. You want to go to Paris with people you love. It, it happens in moments, uh, all of those special things, you know? Okay. Not the car you drive, not, right? It's like Apple can always come out with a new computer. I agree. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so with my kids, I try to teach them that there's really not that much to get. You know, you kind of feel like Darcy. You know, you, have, you already had everything you needed, you know. And, uh, you know, it, it, it might sound a bit cliche, but it really is about spending time with people you love. And thinking about, sorry, I'm walking around TV, I'm out of coffee. Um, and, and I think that's where happiness, I think, you know, joy lies in simplicity. You try to keep it simple. Firstly, I want to thank Athletic Greens for sponsoring this podcast. Athletic Greens has a product called AG1 that I have been using literally every morning. When I start my morning with AG1 drink first thing before my coffee or my morning smoothie, it's a whole different ballgame. So I wake up in the morning. As soon as I get down to the kitchen, I put in a scoop of AG1 into my water. I stir it up. I drink it down. It's a few seconds out of my morning and I just feel so much more energetic than I did before. I get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens all in one drink. I feel like I'm starting my day on the right foot, and it's a good feeling to know that you're starting your day by being kind to yourself. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes, and I respect their company values. Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. They also stay on the cutting 
cutting edge of nutritional research, which is super important to me. AG1 is the single greatest thing you can do for your body in under 60 seconds. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews. Again, it's athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Firstly, I want to thank Athletic Greens for sponsoring this podcast. Athletic Greens has a product called AG1 that I have been using literally every morning. When I start my morning with AG1 drink first thing before my coffee or my morning smoothie, it's a whole different ballgame. So I wake up in the morning. As soon as I get down to the kitchen, I put in a scoop of AG1 into my water. I stir it up. I drink it down. It's a few seconds out of my morning and I just feel so much more energetic than I did before. I get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens all in one drink. I feel like I'm starting my day on the right foot, and it's a good feeling to know that you're starting your day by being kind to yourself. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes, and I respect their company values. Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. They also stay on the cutting edge of nutritional research, which is super important to me. AG1 is the single greatest thing you can do for your body in under six seconds. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews. Again, it's athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Do you feel like because of your past and the men that have been in your past, like, you know, people know that you dated Brad Pitt. They know that you dated Eddie Murphy. They know that you've been with all of these men who are coveted. You know, does it... Do- you make it sound way more exciting. Well, that's, that's my job, but... Um, I mean, do you like, do you play off of that? Like, okay, I'm going to have fun with this image that everybody thinks is associated with me and I'm going to use that. I know. I mean, you've just talked, you've just talked to me for really the last 15 minutes. I would like to think you, you know, you're not questioning on your shot. I think that I would appreciate, like, I know we're in this world of like, where we want things to be tantalizing and all that. Right. I've been there, and there's just, I'm a big believer in truth, mm-hmm. you know? I, I, that's what I would say about me. Okay. I mean, I, I can't agree with our, the one thing I agree about anything, politics now is that sense of fake news. <laughs> I mean, yeah. fake news was, I, I feel like I would be a original fake. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I get it. No, I I get it, but what I think that... that... Do with reality? So, but what I'm saying to you, just, yeah. this is kind of circle back to your question, is I would be a crazy person if, if given what happened, what, what, what I went through, if I didn't believe in truth. I'm a really big believer in truth. So I would never approach working with anyone or a character with any sense of that. Thing or that time that wasn't. 
You so, know what I mean? No, I know what so you... So I guess that's a long-winded way of saying no. absolutely not. No, what I meant was, you know, <laughs> do you... do you? Because some people would say, you know what, let me play with that image. But I guess you're, what you're saying is, I'm not interested. So where where does no, that... No, it's like... Where does and that I, come and from? I don't know. I don't think that helps me create a character who anybody thinks Robin Gibbons is. I, I don't. I don't see how that helps me right. create the character. And my job and what interests me and is challenging to me is to bring Stephanie Carlyle to life. Okay. You know, uh, I just you know I, I was sitting with I was sitting with somebody not too long ago, and they were you know sort of doing what you were doing at reciting and I dated, which is like yeah, but. In a way of like, oh, hey, she only dates these kind of guys. Yeah. Well, you know, I met Amy Murphy when I was a sophomore year in Sarah Lawrence. He had just gotten Saturday Night Live. He right. wasn't who the world knows as Eddie Murphy, you know? I was an actor. He was an actor that was really happy to have gotten this job. Yeah. So that's the reality. The reality is it's like, ooh, she hangs out with Eddie Murphy, yeah. you know? He wasn't Eddie Murphy. He was an actor that was happy to get a job. Right. And the same thing with Brad. When I dated Brad, Brad couldn't get a job, you know? Mm-hmm. I was paying for all the meals and, you know, yeah. he was a struggling actor. We talked about acting. He wasn't, oh, Brad Pitt. Sure. You know? So, did he? Did well, the we thing met, is. We were at acting class. We loved acting together. We I know. Acting. We met in acting class, Brad. But see, this like, is, but this is the stuff, Robin, like. Pay for dinner. But the stuff that you just said is the stuff that people will hear and find so fascinating. The fact that you guys were struggling actors together. The fact that you had to, you know, kind of help him out a little bit. Well, people will love to hear that because that this is the stuff where people are like, oh, I didn't know that. You know, so it's, you know, it's right, like it's my right. job to kind of see if there's anything uh-huh. there. But it, it makes me, like I said, it's just, it, I find it also interesting yeah time. i mean i wasn't i remember when i was at that class like i didn't know how to tell you i got a role on head of the class you know yeah. it's like so you're the big deal to him you know what i mean sure like, we can change reality <laughs> you yes know what I'm saying? and i and i i've lived i've lived it I, and i lived it at a, at a young age thank god to get a perspective of reality so how how do you sure. go about creating a character like Stephanie Carlyle on Ambitions? How do you bring her to life? So I think creating, you know, Stephanie, I think, you, you know, you read what's there. I remember I was doing, a, I was talking with my agent around and dinner, and I was doing Riverdale and The Fix, and I had so much work to do until she was a fix, and I had a big scene with Adelale, and, and I, I said, oh, what do you think pilot is going to look like? And he said, you know, because he'd asked me to go on this audition, and I said, I just couldn't put any more words in my head or figure something out. He said, hey, you don't go to, on the audition like this, so I get for you now. And I was like, oh, okay, great. And I borrowed a dress from the fix, and I went on in, you know. But once I read the script, I was like, okay, I can do this better than anyone, you know. Yeah. And maybe I just needed to carry that into the room with me and, and believe that at the time. But once I start, sort of started to dissect her, I knew that I wanted her to be more than was on the page. You know, I wanted her to kind of kick open the box that this character could be put in, and which I think is what we do with people, right? I think I think we say, oh, this is a smart woman. This person acts like this. It's, she's an or speaks this way, or she's an affluent woman. She speaks this way. It looks like this. I really wanted to give her shades and colors and dimensions 
do, and I think that's what I'm sort of most proud regarding this character. I, I remember when the APK and Jamie gets sat with me and he said, oh my God, she's so different than the way I've written her. And I, I wrote her sort of as an ice cream and she's something mm-hmm. like that. I wanted her to be able to, I think she's just a woman that, that has her own rules in her head, you know? She's not thinking, you know, oh, she's a bitch or she's bad. She's just has her own rules, you know? Right. Okay. She has this sensibility that she's never going to live up to her father. You know, there comes her warmth, you know, that no matter what she does, she's never going to be good enough. And I wanted to give her certain qualities like that. Did you grab any inspiration from actresses like Diane Carroll and Joan Collins and other women who have played roles in in these types of soap operas in the past? Were they any inspiration no, for you? No, I, I remember first time I met Diane Carroll and I almost like fell over at Dick Clark's home from doing an event. I was like, oh my God, you know, I think she got my name wrong and I was still like so like amazed, you know? Yeah. But I just kind of don't approach roles that way. I remember when I was in Rachel Harlem and I grew up loving women like, uh, you know, Rita Hayworth and, you know, Lauren Bacall and Elizabeth Taylor and Eartha Kitt, Eartha Kitt, Eartha and I became good friends. But these are, you know, I, I always feel like you have to kind of bring people to life in a real kind of authentic way. And if you look at who somebody else is or you're too inspired by them, it kind of gets in the way of what you want to do. Okay. That makes sense. So that was, for me. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I want to say something to you, and I, I don't know what to necessarily say to all of And maybe I should say anything or don't know an, an explanation about you say men think of you a certain way. I think, you know, I think I lived through a time mm-hmm. of absolute bullshit. <laughs> no, I'll tell can I Can I tell you? At a very, at, wait, but no, at a very okay. young age. Yeah. At, at, at an age where I've got a son that's 25. Yeah. Who I think is an absolute baby. And I was younger than that. Um, I, I, I agree. God, I hope it made me like uh, the person that I am, like a good woman. But I she was saying, thank God, you know, social media was going on at that time. And I said, it would have been easier. I mean, there's everybody gets to have a voice now, right? It doesn't go through the systems and big publicists and big companies, you can literally get on Twitter and say, hey, that's not true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, so I think as we're trying to sort social media out and all of this can get to be a bit much, especially if you're a mom with kids, right, and trying to navigate these waters and help them navigate, I think that's something that, that is really wonderful about it, that somebody can just have a voice. It can't. Your voice can't be stifled and you're your truth doesn't right. necessarily have to be stifled. And I know that was a, a big thing, but I don't know. I guess I just felt I wanted to have the right response for what you said. And I'm not sure. Yeah. Asked, and I'm not sure that it, there is a right response to nonsense. <laughs> no, the, the, the only reason I was stunned because I spoke to two different men this morning, both of whom are close people in my life. Right. And I said, same thing, I, I asked a few people, do you have any questions that I could take right. into consideration? And both people said, oh, you know, she she really did Mike Tyson dirty. And I was like, and, and yeah, I was like, the only thing that I did dirty was say, I don't want to be in a relationship where I feel like I'm going, where you're telling me you're going to kill me. Right. <laughs> Tell them that. I didn't take one cent from my husband. I left my panties there. I left my favorite teddy bear there. Yeah. I left everything I had in a house. So tell them 
not to believe the fake news. I didn't take one cent from him. I said, I want out of a relationship because I think you're going to do what you said. Just kill me. Right. I mean, I said to them. I, I mean, I'm telling you, I don't know if you know it's right or not. I mean, no, I no. I felt. When I see what happened to Nicole Simpson mm -hmm. and other women that I talk to and deal with all the time. Yeah. That, that is a very real thing. And I feel like I'm walking and living and breathing. Right. And if your close friends don't get that. You I'm know, it, it, it doesn't matter what they get or don't get because they've, like you said, it's been fake news. My response was, are you out of your mind? First of all, it was 30 some odd years ago. The woman has two children. She's got a thriving acting career. You know, how could you, po like, how are you defining somebody even by something that happened over 30 years ago, which is nonsensical to me. But it's a really interesting, it's, it, and it's a genuinely an interesting conversation. You know, my ex-husband seems to say to me, I'm a hero to the guys. Like, women love me, and the guys love me, and I'm a star to the stars. It's hard to go up against that. It's hard to say, I mean, what? I, I, mean, I really want somebody to explain what I did. <laughs> I mean, I really would yeah. want them to tell me what I did. I didn't take one dime from my husband. Right. Not one thing. I left with my life. That was very important to me. Okay. And I, I left so sorry that I put my family in such a horrific situation. So you tell your friends the guy I lived with was the same guy that bit up Holyfield's ear right. in a ring. That's the guy I was dealing with on right. a daily basis. The same guy that went to jail for rape. I was dealing with that right. guy the best way I could at 22 years old. You know, and, so you and tell them, you tell them that I know. And I, I've, I interviewed him. I interviewed him eight or nine years ago and he was charming and sweet and kind, but it was an interview. I get it. You know, it was a snapshot, well, well, but you know, and it's not that, but like I said, I've done a lot of work with women. It's not only, it's not only him. It is the, it's the guy at the golf club in Connecticut that everybody loves. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's the mayor of a small town, or it's it's the guy that's the basketball player, and, and we don't know their names that are charming and sweet. Right, right. <laughs> you know? So it's not only, I don't want to make it about me yeah. necessarily, but that is the nature <laughs> of that person that, that does these things. So once again, I say to you, the charming yeah. and sweet guy still went to jail for rape. Yeah. And, and we have, as a society, we're sort of, we, we can put the onus on the woman. What was she doing in his hotel room? Not, and not, I don't want to make it about him as much as I do the way, what we can do oftentimes to women. And we have got to get beyond that. And uh, <laughs> men don't get it, but I really want to believe that women get it. And now with everything that's going on with the Me Too movement, yeah. kind of, forcing them to get it you know yeah. that certain things are unacceptable it can't be you know i grew up with a guy who said don't worry i know how to hit you i'm a professional i won't leave a mark i have to walk the streets with you mm -hmm. we have to know you, we can't have it like she's your wife it's okay if you hit her certain things now in our climate 25 30 years later must be unacceptable they just have to be you know, it can't be, oh, like the woman, what did she say? Oh, big bad woman, oh, she wanted your money. It, it's just, we have to be better than that now. Yeah, I would agree. You know, I've, I've done a lot of speaking, and, and I, I didn't plan on speaking in terms of women, but it really did become a part of my sort of healing and knowing that it wasn't just me because you can kind of get in your own body about how I was 
is this thing happening to me? And then you realize, hey, it's not just you. And I would go and talk with women or visit shelters and things like that. And, and I remember being somewhere and my ex-husband had been on Oprah and he, I talked about hitting me like, oh yeah, I hit her and everybody laughed. And they were saying, Robin, you can't take this. And I said, well, you know, first I'm thinking, what do you do? Because like I, I was a little person in this big kind of system, right? Because it really, that person really does become a whole system, right? Yeah. And, and far bigger than, than, than me and than, than I am. And, but I remember watching, they said, you've got to do something. If you're not going to stand up for yourself, you've got to stand up for all of us. And one of the things that I always say is my story is your story. Your story is my story. It doesn't, my story was everywhere, but it happens all the time, the same things, even the details. So anyway, I didn't know what to do. And I got to, I called a friend of mine who had a lawyer that was a really dear friend. She and I have now become dear friends, Debbie Cat. She actually, God, she actually represented Blassie Ford during that hearing. And she and I are dear, 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 dear friends since then. And I said to her, this is what's happening. What do I do? Like, what do I, I was calling, oh, nobody was calling me back. But she actually wrote a letter. Everybody responded right away. And I sat down and I sat with Oprah, which is the least thing that I want to do. Anybody that knows me knows I probably don't want to be on television. I don't want to be interviewed. I certainly don't want to be talking about Mike Tyson. So she said, you have to come on. And I went on and I said, as much as, or as well as I know you, I'm also just a woman Mm -hmm. in awe of you wanting to be protected looking up to you and to have this person say yeah you know i hit her you know and people laugh and then not sort of have her say anything to that Mm -hmm. hurt not only me but and i was with them at the time just a group of women and i'm sure more than that have experienced what i've experienced and it's a sort of pain that's beyond physical. It's hard to describe. And lives with you for quite some time. But anyway, she apologized to me then, Oprah. And it was like a big thing, you know. It's like they were like, oh, my God, Oprah apologized. And, you know, I was even leaving, like, the airport. It was like a scroll of CNN. And mm-hmm. you know, later, later, even after the show, she came in the room in my, my dressing room where I was, where Debbie and I were standing. And she said, Robin, as it was happening, I knew it was wrong, but I didn't know what to do. Right, right. And and I think that sums up a lot. I mean, not to put, you know, the weight of the world on Oprah. Certainly she's an amazing, amazing woman. But I'm thinking if Oprah Winfrey doesn't know what to do in these situations, the discomfort of it. Yeah. A lot of us don't know how to respond to that. You know, I think it's much easier once I get to to put people in a box and say, ah, well, she must have wanted his money. Ah, she must have. It's just easier than to believe that somebody could, you know, (laughs) you know, punch a 105 pound woman, you know. And then circling back, we see we see it now. We see it happen with Ray Rice. We've seen it. Right. You know, which again then you can't wish that away, pretend it away, give an excuse for it. We've seen it. And I just think now we have a responsibility to not let certain things slide anymore. Right. We're yeah. just better than that. We've yeah. come too far, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think that men have to sort of rise to the occasion. I'm finding it frustrating myself when I speak to certain men who are feeling uncomfortable with the Me Too movement. They feel that right. their whole reality 
has been turned upside down and they're feeling uncomfortable, but women have been uncomfortable forever. <laughs> right. So, and, and it's sort of our norm, it, right? I mean, this, yeah. the discomfort, yes, yes. So yeah. I get it. This, well, is, this is what I'm going to do. Let me, I'm going to, listen, I'm going to, I'm assuming this is your cell. I'm going to text you my information. You can keep tabs on me and you will see when the interview comes out. Okay. No, okay. I'm serious. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank cool. you, Allison. Thank you for letting me sort of, of course. be long-winded about the whole thing, a little emotional. I got it, so. No, no, no. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you, Allison. All Thank right. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. I hope you guys liked the Robin Givens interview or at least thought it was interesting and maybe got something out of it. And uh, again, I hope that you listened to it with an open mind. I know that I did when she spoke and it really had an impact on me and made me want to learn and really understand more of what domestic violence victims go through. And honestly, I'm so proud of her for becoming an advocate for domestic violence and for women's rights. I think that that is such an amazing example of how somebody can take pain from their past and really use their life to drive it forward. And I like her. I think she's a a great woman and a great human being. And I hope that you got the same impression as I did. And if you like my content, if you like my interviews that I produce for you guys, please subscribe. Please leave me a review. It's a free and easy way to help me out. And I hope you'll continue to tune in to Allison Interviews. Peace.